It's time for the audio book. Believe it or not, I think... Yes, I was pissed yesterday. I know people were laughing, thinking it was very fucking funny. Well, another dog tried to shag my fucking dog again today. So that's four times in one week now. My dog has been sexually molested by a doggy rapist. I don't know what's uh, today. Is uh, I fucking got a cold. I must have a cold because I feel all hazy. And that feeling of lightheadedness and all hazy. My eyes are watering and just that feeling. You got no energy here. Now, I know it's coming on when, when I know that's that's a sign when your eyes getting all and you're a bit like feel a bit sneezy. But the first feeling of a cold is when your eyes get really uh, kind of watery and you feel dead. You just feel very, like, start to feel a bit weak and less energy and you're all hazy. You feel very hazy and a bit out of it. A bit out of it and uh, not with it fully. Um, so, I didn't go to... I, I've been doing my business and that, but I haven't been going to the martial art thing because I thought, fuck that, man. I might have bitched out, I don't know, but I just thought, fucking hell. I was working and I just... All hazy. Best thing for it is hot lemon juice. Will make it will make it go. As soon as I get the symptoms, I know got the cold symptoms. And the better is like cancer. As soon as you get the symptoms, then what I do is get a a lemon and uh, make just hot lemon juice. Boil boil the water and hot lemon juice. That usually does it for me. And uh, drink water and plenty of uh, hot hot drinks really. That's how I advise, but get it so it, because I, I advise myself, because if you get it while it comes on at first, because obviously it's this time of year, so it's come overnight, obviously because the house has probably been cold, so it's probably come on overnight, so quicker deal with it, it's not going to escalate to the fucking coughing stage, or maybe the fucking flu stage of throwing up and being in fucking la-la illusion Delusion, disillusion, one, you know. I already feel it a bit. When you feel it a bit, and you you're not you're not thinking, you know, you're not thinking right, and you know, like you've had enough sleep, so it's nothing to do with that. Just your energy, your stomach might feel a bit. You know the feeling, hazy and all that. So that that's when you know you you're starting to get a cold, and that's when I act. Hopefully, I'll be going to martial arts tomorrow. Hopefully, feel better. But I just take it easy t- today and try and do the best I can with this audio book of anybody. So we got off, and here we are. While we were in the Bahamas, I woke up one day and realized that I couldn't get up. I couldn't get out of bed for weeks. I was seeing a back specialist there. After about a month in the Bahamas, I was still experiencing back pains. I was being pushed around in a wheelchair. I had to have people get me in and out of the shower. I was almost helpless. The pain was becoming unbearable. Shug came into the studio one day and saw me lying down in the booth recording the Christmas song. He immediately told everyone to take the rest of the night off. Shook and his barber Reggie Lamb and I went back to the house that Shook Knight was renting while we were there. 
Shook Knight House was on the ocean. Hoping that the salt water would heal my back, we went out for a soak. There was these large rocks in the water that protected us from the sharks that swam on the other side. We drank liquor until everyone was pissy drunk and then we played. We prayed to God all night long. There was a Muslim guy there who even prayed to God in Arabic. Suk had a lot of things facing him. That night in the water was the last time we talked like that. The next day, Suk Knight came by the studio and gave me his death row chain, which was worth more than everyone's chains together. He took it off and put it around my neck, and he told me to hold it down. When he left the studio, I thought he was going to the villa, but about an hour later, Kevin Lewis gave me a meeting. He asked me to pray before he began to talk. Kevin told us that Suge Knight was on his way back to LA to turn himself in. There had been a warrant issued for Suge Knight's arrest. They made sure that he was gone on the phone before they told me because Suge Knight didn't want me to know what was going on. We stayed at the compass point for another week. Suge Knight was all over the news. Early one morning, the police came into the studio and told us that we had to leave. They escorted us to the van without giving us a chance to go back and retrieve our belongings. They wanted us to go directly from the studio to the airport, and that's what we did. We left behind our clothes, shoes, and personal items. All we knew is that they no longer wanted us there. I still had problems moving and was still in a wheelchair. Reggie Lamb had to push me around everywhere. I had no energy at this time and my singing voice and my voice right now is fucked because I just, I'm just fucked right now. I just Tupac is dead and sugar night and everything's going downhill now. We flew into Miami but we were stranded there because there had just been a hurricane. He had to sleep in the airport that night. My back pain was so bad that I cried all night long. As soon as we got back to LA, I went to the hospital. I had no feelings in my legs. I was basically paralyzed. I, could, I couldn't get out the bed. I need help using the bathroom and doing things I was used to doing on my own. I had been in hospital for two months and hadn't heard anything from Suge Knight. I was in therapy working to get better before my birthday arrived. I would tell the doctor that I was okay even though I was still in pain. It was weird not to hear from Suge Knight because we normally talked every day. Suge Knight though was in prison but it was not like him to cease all communication. At least he would send a message through someone else, but there were no messages, no notes, no phone calls. I knew that he had been in communication with someone, but I couldn't understand why he wouldn't talk to me. When he gave me his chain, it felt like a father-to-son moment, but at this point I didn't know what to think. His people were telling me that he couldn't have visitors and that he had no phone calls. I believed them. I was so naive. When I was discharged from hospital on October 30th, 1996, 
I still hoped that Suge Knight would find a way to talk to me. Even though I hadn't talked to Suge Knight, I was still thinking about how the police had hemmed him in. I didn't understand why they would go to so much struggle to lock him up for allegedly stomping on the guy that I think the guy who I know killed Tupac. I'd seen a lot of movies and they led to believe that when people were involved in an alter altercation and later one of them hurt or dies, they investigated all parties involved. And that was in the Tupac murder. Orlando Anderson would have been number one on my list of suspects. They went around that point and arrested Suge for the fight before the shooting but never arrested anyone for the murder of Tupac. I think the authorities had it out for Suge Knight. He could be a pain in the ass. The fact that he had millions behind him only further exaggerated things. This is the beginning of, of everybody having money outside of sports. It was new. I think it made the powers that be nervous. Suge had money and he had power and they wanted him off the streets. They were more focused on taking him down than serving, solving Tupac's murder. It was a tough time for me. Our chain was broken. I had lost both Tupac and Suge Knight. Stranded on Death Row The Christmas album was slated to be released a month or so after I was discharged from the hospital. We finished all the songs and made the release date. With Suge Knight locked up, I knew that things were going to change in Death Row. I didn't know they would change the way that that did. Before Suge Knight went to jail, he always made sure that I had plenty of money to do holiday shopping for my family. He always made sure that I was good when I went home to Chicago for Christmas. This year was vastly different. It was the beginning of Death Row Records' demise. Tupac Shakur was dead, Suge Knight was locked up, and later on, a couple of months down the line, Snoop Doggy Dog was leaving the label for Master P, and all the other artists seemed to be doing their own thing. The studio was beginning to feel like a desert. I was still there every day recording and hanging out because the studio was my element. I would be there at least 15 hours out of the day. With the transitions, it gradually became more difficult to me to gain access to the studio. I went from people calling me Mr. Knight from being treated like a stepchild. The people who took over had no respect for the previous structure. They were on their own stuff and I was left to figure things out for myself. One morning, I woke up to go to one of Suge Knight's court dates. When I got there, Norris, Suge's brother-in-law, said to me, oh, Yo, daddy boy, need that chain before you leave today. I cursed his ass out. I kept it moving. Suge had left the chain in my possession and I felt responsible for it. I didn't want to betray his trust by handling it over. I was trying my best to be a man he had taught me to be. But Norris didn't give it up. He called me just about every day. The next time I saw him in court, I gave him the chain. When the court was over, 
Suge Knight turned around and nodded his head as the sheriff escorted him out. After attending a few more court sessions, we found out that Suge Knight would not be given a bail bond. He had long list of charges brought against him. The judge in the court said the fight in Las Vegas was a violation of his probation and that he would be looking to start serving seven to eight years in the federal state penitentiary. When I heard this, I sat in the back of the court and cried like a baby. When the people back at my office found out about this, things went from bad to worse. They started giving me my 2K monthly salary late. I was supposed to be paid on the first of the month, but they would pay me in the middle of the month, if at all. Michelle Shug's fuck buddy was handling Shug's business before Shug Knight went to jail. We were cool, but once he was locked up, she turned into a different person. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if she was the reason that Snoop Dogg left. She started cutting off all our checks and not returning phone calls, just doing mean shit. She was getting paid 100k a month to run things, but I guess that wasn't enough for her. It was like she was trying to bring Death Row down. I'm not sure if Suge Knight had any idea what was happening. Her actions were extreme. Michelle A's actions were extreme. She signed checks upside down so the bike wouldn't cash them and they wouldn't clear. When I finally got through to her people, they told me that Michelle wanted to know if I had saved any money. She cared nothing about Suge Knight's guardianship or my contract, which entitled me to a minimum of 2k per month. After my car got a blowout, they started playing games about giving it back to me. To make matters worse, our utilities would be turned off because I couldn't pay the bill. When I called the office to tell them about my situation, they told me that they would get around to it. I knew not to hold my breath. I had no car, no lights, and the feds were coming down to my house asking me all types of questions about Suge Knight. We got our things together and went back to Chicago for the holidays. When I arrived in Chicago, I had gifts, but not as many as I usually had. I had little money. Trina had helped me save, but I couldn't party like I usually did when I came home. I was in Chicago for about two weeks. When I called my house in LA to check the voicemail. When dialed the number, a girl answered the phone. So I hung up immediately because I thought I had dialed the wrong number. I picked up the phone and called again. This time she said hello with an attitude. I said, I'm trying to call my voicemail. And I keep getting you. The voice on the other line was Stormy. Shugs. Suge Knight's baby mama, she had moved into my house. She said to me, The office didn't tell you? I immediately hung up from her and called the office, but I couldn't reach anyone because the office was closed for the holidays. I ended up getting in contact with Suge Knight's assistant. As soon as he answered the phone, I went off. Roy had no idea about what I was talking about. He said, 
Let me try and get Norris on the phone. I'll call you back. But I didn't hear back from anybody until I was on my way back home around the first of the year. With Trina and Ashley back home in Chicago, I went back to LA to try to sort things out. As soon as I got there, I went to the office. I stayed there all day into the evening. I ended up staying at my homie Young Buck's spot for a few weeks. When I went to Suge Knight's shop to check on my car, I saw that I was in the work stall. When I tried to get it, they gave me the runaround about it. I never saw my car again after that day. I couldn't get through the Suge and the people in the office were treating me like shit. I went off on them so much that they started to send me the voicemail. After many months with living with other people and being denied my car and housing in LA, I started to believe that Suge Knight was mad at me, but I hadn't done anything to warrant his silence. Whenever anyone had words about him, I always defended him. He had taken care of me, even when I was hurt, broke and hungry. I remained loyal to Suge Knight. We were so close that a lot of people had a problem with it. As his son, I had a front row seat to everything. Now that they had some power, they did everything they could to keep Suge away from me. I knew that someone had said something that was off, something not true about me to Suge or something. When I would see Michelle, she would be so rude to me for no reason, but when she was on the bottle and drunk, I used to help Suge get her out of the car and into bed, but I guess those times didn't matter. She was a woman in power, and she didn't care who she ran over to maintain it. I didn't know that what move I was going to make. My grandma was worried. She would tell me to come back home. With my money getting low and the pressure of everything else weighing heavy on me, I did just that. Going back to the chi was one of the most Chicago says T here was one of the most difficult decisions I had to make. As soon as I got there, everybody wanted to know what was going on. They wanted to know why I wasn't in Cali anymore. I wasn't partying at all. I was trying to save every piece of change I had. I spent some time during then talking to Tupac's mother, Afeni, and she would tell me that things would get better. She said that she was having some challenges getting Tupac's estate in order. KC and JoJo and Darius were some of the few people who treated me the same. Darius even fed me on a few occasions. He was still family, but Ray J and some of my other Hollywood fans stopped answering my calls. Moments like this were the very reason we formed the committee. Now he was acting like he, he didn't even know me. After I left LA, I heard that he was going around telling me that I was in Chicago, strung out on crack. That couldn't have been further from the truth. You really found out who's got your back when, when things get to shit hits the fan and when you really need people. When Death Row was on top, everybody was my friend. Ray J wasn't even old enough to drive yet. I would talk to his mom and she would let him ride out with us. We partly traveled and supported each other's careers, but when I moved back to Chicago, 
Ray J kicked me out of the group and changed the name to Knockout. As tight as we were, no one had my back when I was down and out. At one point, I couldn't get family away from me. But when things got so bad, everybody kept their distance. I guess they were all scared that I was going to need some help. All of the people that I had helped when I had money were nowhere to be found. Some of my friends went from laughing with me to laughing at me. Once, I finally talked to Suge Knight on the phone. He said, What it is, Danny boy. Danny boy, you're a grown man now. You should know what to do, boy. I said, Clearly, I didn't because nothing was got better. I was still at home in Chicago on the verge of having nothing. My bank account was running low and I was sleeping on couches all over the city. I knew that I was wearing out my welcome at some of those places. All of the things that I used to wear no more. The money, friends and the good times were all gone. I slowly was falling apart as the themes. To make matters worse, the love of my life was falling out of love with me. For a minute, I felt like giving everything up, but I did everything I could to keep moving forward. Trina and I fought and argued every day. She was back living with her mom. I was living in between my sister Arlen and my grandmother's house. I had been so used to death row providing for us, but I knew that it was over. There were a few more phone conversations with Silk Knight, but after a while he caught me off like a bad habit. There was no more communication with Suge Knight. He was in San Lu Louis Obispo, California. It was almost five hours away from LA. I was in Chicago with no money and no idea how to get hold of Suge. I started going to family members to get them to sponsor my trip. I had been so tired of dealing with the people that Suge had left in charge. Norris was out. The guy Reggie Wright, the owner of Rightway Security, and Michelle became executives of the company. Reggie Wright and Michelle played off each other so well. He was just as dirty as she had become. I couldn't get any money out of them. When I was old enough to find out about royalties and publishing, it was when they really changed up on me. When I requested an accounting statement from the office, I received papers that had certain things highlighted on them. Number one, lease for a car. I thought it was a gift. Number two, jewelry. Another gift I was paying for. Advances, some amounts I never knew about. Number four, Money Suge sent for my mother's funeral. Who charges someone for bereavement gifts, I thought. After number four, I knew that my loyalty for death row was over. Obviously, I wasn't dealing with people of compassion, empathy, or morals. I couldn't get anything out of them. I knew that Suge Knight didn't know about everything that they were doing at the office, but he did know that they weren't giving me anything. And Suge Knight knew that I was hungry and had no place to stay. When I found out where they were holding Suge Knight, I started writing him letters. I filled up an entire notepad and sent it to him. 
In my initial letters, I was asking him how he was holding up behind bars. I never wanted to pressure him on paper about what I was going through. I did receive letters from Suge, but they never really answered any questions about what to do or how he would help me out in my situation. This dude had adopted me and was supposed to be my dad. Now he had left me stranded. Suge Knight gave me the runaround, but I remained loyal to him. I wrote him a letter expressing how bad I wanted my project to come out and how much I needed to be on stage and share my gift. Most importantly, I wanted to be able to provide for my daughter Ashley. In the letter I expressed to him that I thought that it was like old times and I could talk to him about anything just like a son could do to his father. I asked him to release my song and put the album out. I told Suge Knight that I felt like a bird that sings and is locked in a jar that no one could hear. And if the birdmaster would just open the top to the jar, the world would be able to hear the birds sing. After that letter, he finally called me and asked me if I could come up to see him. He told me that he had me on the list to be able to come and visit and told me to fill out the paperwork that he had sent me. I filled out the paperwork and sent it in. Some weeks later, I got a letter back saying my paperwork had been denied due to felonies on my record. Transportation of dangerous substance, auto theft, and unlawful use of a weapon. Something was wrong because I was afraid to get even in a to get even a traffic ticket. I'd never been arrested in my life. I was advised to take my fingerprints and go to the police department to get a background check. When my rat seat come back, I had some same charges that I was informed about when I filled out the paperwork. The crimes that I supposedly committed were in four different states. When I went to the sheriff's office, I gave them my fingerprints and other information. They sent me to the magistrate to have the charges removed. The last department I went to in Crown Point, Indiana. I got there to the station and they said I had an outstanding warrant for my arrest. I turned myself in and they compared my weight and picture this time. When I saw the picture I realized it was my nephew Andre. It hurt like hell because he knew that I was trying to make something out myself. When I went to court that day the judge dismissed the case and gave clearance for the charges to be removed. I called my grandmother crying. How could family do this to one another? If you were going to commit a crime don't use my name. Use a name from a song or a movie or something. If you can't own up to your actions, don't use my shit. I was happy to have handled that situation. I was going to take some months before I could even reapply to go and visit Suge Knight. When I did apply, it took only 30 days before I was approved. I quickly came up with a plan to go out and see Suge Knight. With the help of family and friends, we raised about $1,000, but we needed about 3000 more for food and lodging. My god brother Obi introduced me to his guy named D. 
When D found out what I was trying to do, he gave me he his brand new top of the line conversion van, about two thousand dollars in cash. A week later, my new team and I made the drive from Chicago to California. After making the five-hour drive to the prison, I was finally able to see Shug. We walked around the track in the prison yard for a while. I could tell that he wanted to say something, but I, he was trying to protect my feelings. I knew Shug not, so I asked him, Shug, for real, be real with me. How come you just stopped talking to me? Why did you cut me off? He tried, Shug tried to beat around the bush, but then he finally broke down. He said, what it is, Danny boy, I've been in this jail all this time, and you never tried to come see me or write to me, Danny boy. They told me that you said, fuck me, and death row. That's what you said, Danny boy, ain't it? I was shocked. I didn't know what to say to him because he knew better. I said to him, you believe that? Really, so you believe that I did that? He knew that I was loyal, but I guess this was just the beginning of him losing who he was. Reggie Light and all the others that were stealing and trying to live like Shug while he was locked up were there too. When we got back to where they were, I went off on all of them about shit they had been talking. They were mad as hell by the end of that visit. Suge Knight asked me to come back in two weeks, which meant we had to stay in Cali much longer than planned. The money began running low and we weren't leaving. I was hoping that our visit would bring about a change. Doug, my security, had left me for a public service announcement. And a week later, my cousin, whom had never got into it with before, were arguing so bad that I called her a bitch. She hopped on the plane the next morning and left us there. Then left Craig, Marcus and I. We had very little money and after a two months stay in California, we headed back home when we pulled up to the south side of Chicago, we had only $8 left. Marcus and Craig got something to drink and I got a cigar and a $5 bag of weed. After all the time I had spent in Cali, Suge Knight didn't seem to know what was going on in his company. I knew it was time for me to let go of the past. I would have to make it work on my own.